Greetings all, Andy Dukes here again and welcome to another Ride and Talk. If you've seen the brand's latest results, you'll know that in 2020 BMW Motorrad had its second best ever sales results, a remarkable achievement given the year we've all just gone through. But this success is no fluke or coincidence, but the result of innovative thinking, a willingness to adapt and try new ideas, and serious amounts of hard work from a dedicated workforce across the globe. Of course, none of this success would be possible without the support of yourselves, the BMW Motorrad family, and so we thought you'd be interested to hear the thinking behind some of the key decisions that have been taken over the past year, from model launches, to click and collect, to BMW Motorrad days. Here to explain all is Timo Resch, BMW Motorrad's Vice President, Sales and Marketing. Timo, welcome to Ride and Talk. Great to have you here with us. Hi, Andy. It's a pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me. No problem at all. Now, the latest sales figures, they're seriously impressive given all the challenges of 2020. It must have been a considerable team effort from the global BMW Motorrad family to achieve the brand's second best ever sales results. Andy, you're absolutely right. It was uh, a very special situation, a very tricky situation for the entire BMW organization, for all the dealers, for all the staff members, but also for all the fans and for all the customers. So we are very, very pleased to have achieved the second best uh, year in our history in terms of our deliveries to customers in these kind of circumstances. Let's be honest, when uh, this pandemic started really taking place and it started hitting Europe in March and April intensively, and uh, most of our stores were locked down and were closed, we did not anticipate and we did not have plans that at the end of 2020, we would look at figures like that. And so looking back, I can just say I'm extremely happy, but also very proud for what the Motorrad family, all the dealers, all the staff members around the world have done, because I think this is next to all the very, let's say, sad news and all the very tragic things that have been happening. I think it also created a new sense of, let's say, working together, living together and creating a team spirit and creating things that might have been unthinkable before. And that was kind of the motivation also for us to say, hey, we with Motorrad, we can provide something to the people out there that go through this, which is a little bit like the light at the end of the tunnel. So there is still something out there. And that is when we had to make a very tricky decision, uh, we had always the plans to launch with a virtual event our R18 to the public last year. And so when the pandemic hit, we were like, mm, this might not be the perfect timing anymore. But then we turned it around and said, I think these are the kind of messages that people would like to see so that they see there's still life out there and there's something that they can look forward to. And that's what's the mood that we kept on throughout the entire year with all of these model launches. Yeah, for sure. People always need something to look forward to, and you certainly provided them with that. Now, there are over 169,000 BMW motorcycles sold last year, which, like you say, shows just how important motorcycling and all of our BMW bikes are to us as a leisure activity, or perhaps even an escape from those everyday challenges of our modern lives. Do you feel like people really need their bikes more than ever in these times, Timo? Absolutely, Andy. I think they need them ever before. Because it gives you this, um, on the one side, this, 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 this feeling of I can do things um, maybe on short notice, maybe with long planning. That gives you the freedom to think about activities and it gives you all of this, this, 
this treating yourself to something kind of feeling. So I think that the overall, and I'm talking about the motorcycle industry overall, uh, really got an additional kind of boost, an additional kind of awareness level, because people were not able to spend um, their time and maybe also their money traveling. So uh, focusing on what they really love to do, riding their bikes and also fixing up their bikes, because maybe to some degree you were not able to ride as much as in the years before. That was something that made people rethink their relationship to motorcycles and especially uh, to the BMW motorcycles. So I think that is something that was unique and maybe bonded riders and um, the motorcycle and the, us as a brand, um, BMW Motorrad, even more. Yeah, there's some good points in there for sure. People fixing up bikes and some of the lucky ones who were able to travel around did travel around and then the rest of us just watched other people's projects and, and shared in the excitement. But in terms of getting the bikes to customers, everyone had to change the way they did business in 2020. But you must be super proud of the worldwide BMW Motorrad dealer network in the way that they were able to communicate with existing and potential customers and keep delivering them their new bikes throughout such a challenging year. Yeah, that was something that was um, at the beginning unthinkable because if you lock down a dealership, um, how do you interact with your customers? And uh, we all have been thinking about using all of the digital means of social media and digital interaction with our customers, the dealers, we centrally, all our importers also. But all of a sudden, this was the, the fast forward button for all of this kind of orientation towards staying engaged for us internally as a company, staying engaged with our team members, all of them in home office. So how do you still create this team effort spirit that you need to have, but especially being connected to our customers? And at the end, we came up with a couple of creative ideas, which we didn't come up with it, but we, we talked to our dealers and talked to them, what do you need to still be in contact with your customers? And one of the things that was very crucial, and it came up from a couple of the dealers that thought about this from the very beginning was, hey, let's also offer something like a collect and return services. So maybe the dealership is closed and it might be difficult to have a, a time schedule when people come in and ride their bike there to get either a service done or to pick up a new bike. And so that's what we launched very quickly to deliver bikes to customers to their homes or to pick up a bike for service and bring it back to the customer. So Everything according to the customers with without any uh, connection, bike was delivered, parked there, envelope with the key. So it worked very much according to all of the COVID rules that we had around the world. And it provided, even though there was no physical contact, it provided, I think, a closer connection between us, between BMW Motorrad and the customers. Yeah, absolutely. Click and collect. We wouldn't have known what it meant 10 years ago, but it's uh, it's right there in our usage now. And that was the dealers. But what about the Berlin factory and other assembly plants? I mean, they've also surely done a fantastic job under difficult and often restricted working conditions to build, pack, dispatch and export so many bikes across the world. Yes, that was one of the very tricky parts, Andy. And to shut down a factory within just a couple of days when we realized that the flow of parts coming to the factory all of a sudden with the borders being um, closed down was not uh, was not sufficient anymore to keep the production line running. Our team in uh, Berlin and also in our uh, factories in uh, Brazil and in Thailand just within one, two days, and that's a tricky, a tricky activity, had to shut down production in a coordinated way. 
because nothing is more, let's say, challenging than to stop a production line just by stopping it, because then nothing is in place. To restart it is really a pain. And that's what the team in Berlin and our plans around the world did in a perfect way, in a perfectly smooth way. And then starting from that point, it was uh, specifically from a corporate side and a point of view, the purchasing department. So the, the, the people in our company that are in contact with all of these suppliers around the world, they had all of their individual issues and maybe with their sub-suppliers to, so to, to create the network and have the information flow. So when would this part from Italy and this part from uh, Thailand and this part maybe from... Um, somewhere around the world from the United States, when would all of these parts become available in sufficient supply so that we can start uh, the factory lines again and start building bikes? And that was really, I would say, a masterpiece of all of these uh, people to put together a plan and then to ramp up production from scratch again. And in all of that tricky situation, that's when we started the production also of the R18. So a supplier network completely new, the bike completely new, and then this surrounding, that was something that was a real team effort. And then getting the, into the logistics uh, way, on to some degree, all of the supply and logistics uh, channels were locked. Then there was an undersupply of logistics, so it was difficult to get these bikes back moving. If you would put this out as a challenge for a team or for us in 2019 would say these are the things that are going to happen to you as a company and to you as um, a brand connecting with your customers um, we would have said this is an impossible um, kind of task there's no way that we're gonna make this and it will break us but if you're thrown into something like that and i think All of us can somehow refer to that if you're thrown into a situation and then you just try to do the best and you work with your buddies, with your colleagues, and you build new relationships with customers, with dealers, and all of that comes together, then you can do great things. And I think that was what at the end really helped us and helped us to achieve that result. Yeah, and it was a great result. But actually, after what you've just explained to me there, it was an absolutely fantastic result. And I know somebody will have already said to you, I wonder what the sales figures might have been had things been differently. But all things considered, just amazing, Timo, amazing. Now, launching 13, yes, 13 new models is a dream and a lot of work, of course, for any sales and marketing team. But your team had to find these new and innovative ways of presenting all the new products to the fans, usually via this live streaming format that we've become used to now. But you were quick to withdraw from the international motorcycle fairs and move to a virtual launch platform, as you spoke earlier Also, In hindsight, moving everything online so early turned out to be a very smart decision, didn't it? And one that the fans actually really embraced. Yes, Andy, you're right. I think it was on the one side a no other option kind of decision. Um, we could have postponed all of these model launches to a later point in time, but to what point in time? So all of the development work was done, all the parts started arriving. So then just waiting for for what? So we very quickly decided that the year 2020 will be a completely different year. And yes, it was a tough decision for uh, a decision to step out of some of the very, let's say, traditional uh, standard formats of presenting bikes, because that's what we have been doing all the years in the past, which also to a very high degree made sense. But now things have changed. And that was for us this moment of truth to say, 
how can we interact with our customers, the existing customers or the new customers and the fans in a, in a way that enables them to have the content when they need it, to also allow them to or allow us at the same time to spread all of these messages um, across a couple more weeks and months instead of pushing all of that out within just 15 minutes or one day together with all the brands at the same time. So we try to make it uh, to our advantage by changing to the online format and trying out new things. So for us as, a, as an organization, it was um, very, very interesting, but at the same time, a cool new feeling to be somehow forced to step into that. And then it turned out that the first couple of activities worked very well. And we said, yeah, we will not change now anymore. That's the new way forward. So that's also our way forward into the future. We still think that motorcycle trade fairs and trade shows make sense to come together, to be in a physical close interaction as soon as the COVID situation will allow us to be this no the normal status um, of this communication again. But we think that uh, a launch communication, kind of the start of communication for a new bike, not necessarily has to happen at these traditional formats anymore. We think into developing the formats that we have used in 2020. And we have also a couple of ideas for new formats on top of that to use that as an interaction platform with our customers, with our fans, because then we can have direct interaction. We get lots of feedback positive comments, but also sometimes um, comments with uh, ideas, uh, improvements, uh, comments that also give us reason to think about some stuff. And this interaction is exactly what we want to have as a brand. We are very, very thankful for all of these people that react, that give feedback in both sides. Um, obviously, we're happy about positive feedback, but at the same time, we appreciate also other things that are being said about whatever bike we launched in the year 2020. So for us, that's the new way forward. Yeah, there's a lot of communication going on and it's uh, it's all good in my opinion, but it was also a brave move um, for the brand to enter such a well-established market category like the large cruiser segment. And you spoke about the R18 earlier, of course, but despite all the challenges we faced in 2020, this storytelling strategy and that very successful Bavarian Soul Story R18 YouTube series, it was seen by so many worldwide. In turn, I guess it meant that awareness and demand for this big boxer was so high that not even a pandemic could get in the way. Yes. So as I said before, for us, it was this crucial decision. Do we launch a new bike into this worldwide situation? And uh, now it turned out to be the right decision because I think people were very open and very receptive to a message like that. Yes, on the one side, a bold message to for BMW Motorrad to step into the segment because we never really... We were never really part of the segment, but it still is in the worldwide uh, in the worldwide figures. It's the biggest motorcycle segment in the world, the cruiser segment. And uh, for us to step into the segment at this point in time turned out to be kind of there was a little bit of a vacuum of other information in this kind of segment. So for us to see the customer reactions, to also see the reaction of the journalists, because we also had to try to find ways in this very specific surrounding to still allow some of the journalists to ride this bike early on, which was uh, in itself a very tricky task, but it turned out to, to be, instead of an event somewhere abroad, we did this event in Munich and the surroundings of uh, the southern parts of Munich, and you can have fantastic motorcycle rides there as well. So yes, this was special, 
but at the same time it turned out to be the right timing for the bike and we still see that the more and more now uh, throughout the year 21 dealerships will really be accessible again for customers and also some of the events will start taking place again then we get even more people than the people that were just energized by the online connection to this bike to interact with this bike to test ride the r18 and to really find out that it's a very true bmw motorrad dna that is uh, in this bike and that it's uh, a pleasure to ride and also a pleasure to look at absolutely yeah there's a lot of people uh, queuing up to ride it that's for sure just going back to the sales figures again last year you also saw an impressive 33.7 percent growth for bmw motorrad in the chinese market so which bmw bikes are doing well over there and how do you expect this trend to develop the chinese motorcycle market andy is in itself i think something that we all can expect many more big things to come from so we have invested very early in a dealership network in China when everyone else still thought about China being just focused on small, just uh, bikes that are focused on daily commution, um, being maybe in a very um, affordable price range. And we thought that the Chinese motorcycle market to some degree has the potential to do similar things like the automotive market. Obviously, being part of the BMW group, we have very intensively seen what has happened in the last 20 years with the Chinese overall automotive market and the premium market. And yes, there's a, a certain time delay and there's a certain specific some situation in the Chinese motorcycle market, considering that a lot of cities still have riding bans, uh, that in some of the cities it's very expensive to get license plates. So it was a smart strategic investment to start building up this motorcycle market, but now it starts to pay off. So in 2020, we sold almost 12,000 um, bikes in China. So China is now becoming one of our number five uh, top selling markets. It's, it's really increasing in terms of its speed even more. So by the end of this year, we will have more than 65 dealerships in China. And it's really giving us this confidence that the Chinese motorcycle customer are really very keen on having BMW motorrad products, high quality products, uh, products that come with a brand and an aspiration that really is very close to what the Chinese customer want to have. And so we are happy to see that our organization there has this close connection to the dealers and to the customers. And sometimes they are surprising us with activities that they are giving us, they show us what the pace could be developing formats in interaction with customers even forward. So the most sold bikes in Chinese uh, in the Chinese market are obviously our entry-level products are highly appreciated there. So our uh, 310 models, the GS and the R, are selling well. But at the same time, our scooters, the C400X and the GT, are doing very well. But this is obviously kind of the entry-level. At the same time, we see very good sales of uh, the GS Adventure. The GS Adventure is selling even more than the regular GS. So you can see that there's a, a clear identification with these customers that they want to have the top-of-the-line product. They want to have the bike that really, when they are sitting on the bike, when they're riding, it gives them this confidence of that's the, the coolest thing I can have on two wheels. And so for that reason, we are happy with the distribution of the sales. Good entry-level, new customers at the same time, um, top-of-the-line bikes. Um, and this year, in 2021, we will introduce the R18. So we have not launched the R18 last year. And bikes like the Double R, the S1000RR, will be launched also this year. So we have uh, even more products in the pipeline that are helping us to make 2021 also another really great year for the Chinese motorcycle market. 
Yeah, that's going to be a really, really interesting one to see that one develop. And obviously, we've got two Chinese teams in the 2022 International GS Trophy. And I think that's just going to set the ball rolling even faster. But just going back to the 310 models you mentioned earlier, doing well over there. There's been strong performances in that under 500cc segment for both of those bikes. I think they've contributed more than 17,000 sales last year. So that's a great result and perhaps an even better sign for the future, isn't it? Given that these entry-level models... They're often the starting point of a long BMW Motorrad customer journey. Yeah, you're absolutely right. For us, the 310 models both really demonstrate that it was a a good decision to have an offer in this price point. And some bikes that give you, um, especially people that come either fresh to the motorcycle um, market overall, or people that are re-entries, or people that are stepping up from another brand and would like to be part of the BMW Motorrad family. So the both of these models work very, very well. The 310 GS is even above our top four sales bikes uh, uh, of the entire lineup. So you can really see that this is something that is important to us. It's always a strategic decision to step into such a segment, but to delivering new people to the brand to open up the brand for these kind of customers. And then they either stay in this kind of segment or we also see a quite considerable number of them then stepping into maybe a 750 GS after that or into a 900 F900R model. So it's a perfect segue, a perfect starting point for the BMW motor career for the people that are then hooked and somehow see that motorcycle riding can be a lot of fun. And it's completely okay for us also to stay with the 310 models because you can have a lot of fun with them as well. But if you're hooked up for a little bit more of acceleration or a little bit more power, then obviously we have sufficient uh, and nice uh, products that allow you to step up. So for us, it makes perfect sense. And it's a, it's a good, smart choice. Absolutely. Now, despite unpredictable conditions, the excitement does continue with even more new bikes heading our way in 2021. Of the ones we already know about, the MRR is arguably the most awe-inspiring BMW bike to be unveiled for a long time and certainly worthy of its M designation, isn't it? For us, now bringing the first M bike, the real M bike, to the market is an extremely special moment. So when we launched the double R and provided the first time the letter M on a bike, when we have the M package, it was already a kind of special moment, but we always thought it through from the very beginning. We said, if we introduce M to the motorcycle market in BMW Motorrad, then we need to also have true M products. And uh, by saying products, uh, not just product, you can also see that there's a little bit of a strategy behind that. <laughs> so we started with the M package. Now uh, bringing the M1000 double R to the market is such a special moment on the one side for us, but also for our team members from the M division of BMW. So on the one side, we really want to make it happen right away. Uh, but we said we have to make sure that we have the right product. So we could have could have come up with the idea to have an M product just based very closely and very, let's say, very strongly connected with the S1000RR. But we thought we have to make it a real M product. That's the reason the very close correlation with the WSBK um, race teams, because this bike that is, we started producing at end of last year. So the bikes for the market are being built right now so that we can start delivering them as of March, April to the first markets. So this is the homologation bike for the WSBK team and also our satellite teams. So it's it's the bike. 
And this is, I think, what it makes it a very, very special moment for us as a company, but I think even more so for our customers. And so the feedback that we have received last year when we showed it the first time and uh, people have not even written it yet, uh, was uh, just amazing, just from the looks, just by see how very focused and very much on target we made all the changes that are needed to make a bike even faster. And then to bring it on the road uh, pretty soon is, is going to make a lot of people have a big smile on their face, I think. Yeah, lucky them, absolutely. I mean, we're all fans of racing and World Superbikes in particular, and you mentioned that just then. So not just you, but I guess the whole department, the whole internal people within BMW Motorrad must be really excited about the potential of the factory and the satellite teams that you mentioned in this year's series. Yeah, for sure. Let's let's face it, last year was a, a challenging year for us in WSBK. So besides the fact that uh, all the races on tracks that might have suited us and our setup a little bit more turned out to be the races that were cancelled. Uh, on top of that, we had really uh, bad luck in a couple of instances. So I think for 2021, we really have the opportunity with the new bike being the basis. And uh, also, as we know, with a, a new rider setup, new riders joining our our team with Sean Moore, but also the satellite teams, I think we are now really starting to build this whole story of, yes, we are very serious about this WSBK and we want to step into the next level. We obviously want to leave some of the bad luck behind, but let's face it, racing is racing. Always things can happen, but we're in there for the long run. So that is, I think, a clear sign of commitment, what we have now done and also in terms of our um, having four bikes on the grid instead of just two, that we would like to collect more racing data. We would like to collect more feedback from various riders and then reinvest this into the bike to make it even better. And that's the kind of, that's what racing is all about. Make the bike faster. And uh, at the end, we do that to bring this technology and this experience back into our uh, street legal bikes on the road. So this is the clear philosophy of our, our racing activities. That's the reason we are in this um, close to serious bike racing endeavor. Yeah, absolutely. And it's going to be great to see more BMWs uh, lining up on the grid. And uh, for sure, we're going to try and get Tom and uh, Michael on, on the Ride and Talk podcast to talk about their thoughts for the uh, seasons and hopefully years ahead. So, yeah, you mentioned the customer version of the MRR. I mean, it's unquestionably a premium product and it will have a price tag to match its performance and exclusivity, of course. But the new S1000R, the dynamic roadster, well, that's going to be in the reach of many more of us. It's also arguably a much more usable street bike. I just interested to know if you've ridden it yet and if so what were your impressions yeah i'm uh, that's the the very lucky part of being in my position that i have the opportunity to ride a lot of these bikes uh, at a very early stage they don't look really that pretty at that point in time because they are usually black so we try to camouflage that so that it's not really drawing all the attention and we find secret spots um uh, around the world where we can ride them without creating too much attention yes i've ridden the s1000r uh, in its early stage but also now the production ready bike and this is really something which is worthwhile being the next level of our um, r story of the four cylinders i think with um, its uh, predecessor we already have been able to to somehow redefine this segment and really make customers aware of the bmw motorrad brand to levels that they have not really put together with the BMW brand before. Obviously, all of the DNA, all of the technology coming from the double R, and then putting it into a package, which makes it a little bit more 
let's say, street usable and uh, accessible. And that's also the reason that we decided uh, on purpose to stay, for example, with 165 horsepower. Because if you ride it, uh, this is so much more than what you ever need. And the fun that you have with this bike is just, uh, there's just nothing matching it. Absolutely, yeah. I wanted to just turn from uh, super sports and super bikes and dynamic roadsters towards e-mobility for a moment, because I can definitely see an increasing interest in this among BMW Motorrad fans. I mean, the CEO4 e-scooter, that generated a reach of almost 9 million people within the first five days of its live stream unveiling last November. So those impressive numbers, Timo, would suggest that the time is right to bring more e-products into the portfolio. I agree with you. Andy, it's uh, it's time to bring more um, products with electric um, propulsion into the motorcycle business. And we have to do it in the right kind of steps. BMW was, I would almost say, the first um, serious motorcycle brand to enter into this with the C-Evolution that we launched already quite a while ago in 2011. That's when we have shown the very first time our Concept E. In 2014, then we launched the serial bike. And in, I think it was 2017, that was the Villa Deste event. That was for me the very first time that I was part uh, of this motorcycle team because in 2017, I joined uh, BMW Motorrad. Then we showed the concept uh, link as a bike that everyone thought, this is just one of these concept bikes again. It doesn't make sense to show it because it will never come to serial production. And we have shown with this bike that we can really radically change the perception of a scooter. And the really cool thing is the bike is very, very, very close to what we have shown uh, in at the concept uh, concept link at the Villa Deste. We have now shown at this definition CEO4, which is a very, very closely linked product to the serial production CEO4. And so keeping all of this design language, these flat surfaces, having this new technology approach of battery at the very bottom that provides good maneuverability, low center of gravity, and it's answering the question of electric mobility on two wheels in the cities in a perfect smart way, in a way that also is a design statement. It sets you apart. It's a little bit maybe provoking to some, but at the same time, it gives you reason to feel confident and proud being on this product. And I think electric mobility will also play a crucial role in the motorcycle industry in the future. For the, let's say, foreseeable one to three years, I think it's exactly the right propulsion to bring that additionally into the urban environment because riding range, I think, is something that um, still a lot of our fans, a lot of motorcycle enthusiasts are considering as a very important asset. So having maybe slightly above 100 kilometers of range on an electric scooter, perfect sense. For, let's say, a GS to have 100 kilometers of riding range, uh, it might be a little bit difficult. So we see these being the very much customer-oriented and technology-provided uh, steps into electric mobility. But we have already shown um, with our concept, um, as um, we call it, our electric um, power roadster, we have shown that the motorcycles are also going into this direction. And there are our future plans. And we have um, already lots of really, really cool ideas around electric motorcycles. But we need to make sure that we are putting the right level of emotional connectivity into such a product. I think electric motorcycles will, like motorcycles, always be bought because of the emotional connection to the product, not because of reasons that you put a pencil out and you calculate this or that as a factor. So the emotional connection 
which also needs to be substantiated by the enough riding range, is going to be decisive. And that's also the point in time when it starts making sense to have an electric motorcycle from BMW Motorrad on the market. Yeah, you can never take the uh, emotional connection out of it. And it's great to know that there's a clearly defined strategy there. So we'll all be watching that one with a lot of interest. Now, we've hardly mentioned GS until now, really, but clearly they're still a large part of the approximately, I think it was 80,000 boxer-powered Beamers sold last year. Within the GS community, everyone's still raving about the 1250s, of course, and the 40 years GS models that uh, came out towards the back end of last year. You've just announced the location of the 22 international GS trophy finals, and the global markets are already on with organising their national qualifiers. So clearly there's a lot of excitement out there. You've personally seen at first hand how strong the worldwide GS community is. So do you see this success story continuing long into the future, Timo? For sure. I think this is one of the strongest assets that we see the GS community, this feeling of being together in this. And for that reason, for us, the GS Trophy is is one of the holy grails of us as a brand and in terms of interaction, because what more can you wish for? We have this very close connection in all of our markets around the world that participate in these national qualifiers. That's where people just for the fun of it or because they're very seriously considering becoming one of the top qualifiers in the market are having a great time together. I've visited a, uh, quite a number of these national qualifiers around the world and it's, it's always the same spirit. It doesn't matter where you go to, it's always the same team spirit. Yes, there's a little bit competition in there because there's there's the the potential to be part of this national team and being sent to the or international GS trophy. But at the same time, they are still helping each out. It's still one big community. And then bring all of that together in a remote location somewhere uh, around the world. And I'm very much looking forward to 2022 in Albania. I think there's probably nothing really better in life for a lot of our customers, but also for us at the at the BMW Motorrad um, headquarters, because that's the moment of truth. That's when you can really see is this connection still there? Has it evolved? What are the feedbacks? What are the, and that's the reason we also from our management team participate there to really be part of that. Not just that's an event and you have a, a foreign agency that you hire to do it. It's us. It's our team members that organize it, that bring it up. And the planning for such a GS trophy uh, is almost two years of planning. But these are the People that work at BMW Motora, they come up with the ideas, with the challenges, together with our partners. And then to see all of that really happening in a surrounding of spirited competition, but at the end of a huge get-together of GS fans from all around the world. It's, I can't find the right words. It's magic. It's cool. It is. It's unbeatable. And it's, it's fantastic to see all the buzz around social media since the uh, location of Albania was announced. And it's fantastic to see past participants and marshals really encouraging more and more riders to get involved. And this year, something that I've noticed, I've seen, I'm seeing a lot more individual riders from various countries actually posting videos of themselves starting to train already. So yeah, the competition's going to be uh, even more intense than ever, that's for sure. Just moving on to another topic, one big thing missing from our motorcycling world last year was the annual pilgrimage to BMW Motorrad days and the opportunity to get together en masse and share that joy of motorcycling that we all love. 
course, we all missed attending the event last year, but live in hope that we'll be able to ride together in July to celebrate BMW Motorrad Days together once again. Of course, after 18, I think it was 18, consecutive years of success in Garmisch, we're now moving to Berlin, the home of BMW bikes. If and when circumstances allow, Timo, it's going to be one hell of a party, isn't it? That's for sure. That's for sure. And you uh, ask it rightly, if the circumstances allow, and that's something that we are monitoring very, very closely together with um, our um, partners in Berlin, because that's at the end what really makes this event the event. It's people come together, a lot of people on, on a small square meter size. So at the end, this this is not an option for us to move the BMW Motorrad Days into a virtual event. Either it's going to take place and then it will be a hell of a party or we have to cancel it because the circumstances will not allow us to have such a party. But let's also face it, uh, because uh, we have seen the feedback, not everyone from around the world and not everyone that has been visiting the Motorrad Days in Garmisch was, let's say, only positive about this move. But for us to bring us as a brand in the connection to our customers to the next level and to open up to also us the other customer segments without leaving behind the existing fans, we, we wanted to bring it to the next level. And that's also the reason for us that we decided after fantastic years in Garmisch-Partenkirchen with a great relationship with the city, with the people living there, with the entire surrounding. Yes, it was a bold decision, but at the same time, I think sometimes you need bold decisions to move things forward. And the potential that we see in a city like Berlin, even with the, all the activities, and I cannot now go into the details, but the planning sheets that we have really give you a good idea that we are really taking care of all our customer groups, all of our fans, and can really offer something that is very much custom tailored to their need. But we can do it to even more customer types and also to overall more customers than we have been able ever able to do that in Garmisch-Partenkirchen. That was for us the driver. So we all keep the fingers crossed. We all that hope that it's going to take place. But at the end, um, the next uh, couple of weeks will tell us where we have to just be very open-minded. And if things are difficult and the circumstances are not opening up the opportunity to do this event, then it's not going to take place. Yeah, fingers crossed on that one. Well said, Timo, absolutely. Now, finally, as we continue our journey into 2021, it sounds to me as if BMW Motorrad fans have a lot to look forward to. So what would your message to all of them be at this time, Timo? First of all, I would like to thank all of our fans, all of the people that have some connection to BMW Motorrad for being so close to us. I think the connection, and that was something the year 2020 even more highlighted, the connection between a brand and the customers is the most important asset that you can have. And therefore, I would like to thank all of you for all of your feedbacks, for all of your interaction on whatever channel, either at the dealership, on social media, or on emails, because that's what makes us as a brand being alive, being in interaction with customers. Yes, as I said before, sometimes also going through maybe difficult times together, but then making something even better out of this. Or if we are able to not even have difficult times, just to have a great time together. So thank you for being closely connected to us and being such, let's say, good sports in all of that. Because at the end, we are together in this. We at BMW Motorrad, from the brand side, in the headquarter, in all our national sales companies and also at the dealerships, we are all riders. We all enjoy exactly the same thing that you're enjoying. 
and that's the that's the reason the passion i hope in everything that we do can really be felt at the end we like to write as much as you do uh, sometimes that's the lucky side um, we get to do it at least some of us get to do it as their job to test ride secret bikes in secret locations before they're on the on the roads Sometimes we have to sit in the offices while you have a great time riding. So I think it's a, it's a win-win for both. But in the end, I think this connection is what makes it special. So thank you for the year 2020 and being so close together for us. But even more, let's stay on this path together. We have in the year 21, cool bikes that are going to come to the market that we have talked about last year. Talking about the M1000RR talking about the S1000R, talking about the R18 Classic, and even more things that we have not even communicated yet that will come in the second half of the year. So again, a full array of new models that will come to the market that will be announced. And let's just continue to use this energy of motorcycle riding, of this idea of being on bikes, either on your own, having a great time, or enjoying this time together. I think this is uniting us, and let's continue on that path. And that's the reason we, we still believe that our claim, make life a ride, has never been more true than it is right now. It helps us in good times. It also helps us in times like we still have in most parts around the world where the COVID situation is not solved yet, and it might take a couple more weeks and months. But this is uniting us, and that helps us to get through. And at the end... Making life a ride is what makes us strong and gives us energy for whatever we do. Yeah, and what brings us together. That's brilliant. Well said, Timo. Fantastic. Well, that's about it. Thanks once again for coming on Ride and Talk, Timo. It's been a real pleasure chatting with you about all of these topics. And I know everyone out there is going to really appreciate all of these insights from you and the team in Munich that they've heard today. So we wish you the best for the year ahead and hope to see you on the road somewhere soon. Thank you very much, Andy. Thank you much to everyone and see you and talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Thanks, Timo. We really appreciate your time today. And I'm sure everyone listening out there has enjoyed learning more about the strategies, the dedication and the passion from all those within BMW Motorrad. 2021 is already really shaping up to be another special year, and there's a real sense of growing optimism among motorcycling fans, that's for sure. Loads more to come on the podcast front over the coming weeks too, so subscribe and stay tuned for some excellent episodes of Ride and Talk coming your way soon, including a few big surprises. Take care out there and bye for now.